0: What's up, guys? Welcome back. I'm Colton McCormack, and this is the Certified Wrench Podcast. I almost screwed up there. I am joined by a friend of mine, Mr. Antonio Martinez. What's up? What's up? We uh, we used to work together at the deer dealership uh, here in Texas, but I no longer work there. <laughs> True. True also, state. also, we are joined by a friend of ours in the background with his meat, Mr. Buddha, up? I thought you were going to say, I'm in danger or whatever. That's it, that's I want to be basic. <laughs> anyway, uh, my boy Antonio over here still works over at the deer dealership as a resident. Do uh, you got a crazy backstory you want to tell us? or Crazy backstory? I don't know about how crazy it is. It's just kind of that, not like everybody else that you've had on here. Um, the were you playing with wrenches at a young age or anything like that um other than just taking stuff apart and not getting it back together I guess that's kind of why I got into this so I could figure out how to put it back together word up uh well do you want to do you want to go into your backstory a little bit kind of get everybody into how you got into it and where you're at now
1: uh, I guess um kind of got into it because um My grandfather, he was a mechanic all his life, and I've had some uncles and stuff that were mechanics. And uh, I don't know, I guess I kind of always looked up to them from time to time as far as something to do. Um, But I guess for getting into this profession, I guess it all started back in high school. Um, I was uh, trying to figure out which high school I was going to be going to, and there just so happened to be a, uh, a program that popped up in a local high school that I had to apply for. And originally, I was gonna go in for aviation mechanic. No
0: shit.
1: And uh, it just so happened that it was completely booked. <laughs> um, so they gave me my second choice, which was automotive. And uh, whenever I got accepted into it and got into it, there was um, basically they split it up into uh, three sections of the school year. My freshman year. Hmm. Um, For a third of it, they put you into auto body. A third of it, they put you into automotive. And a third of it, they put you into diesel. And at the end of the school year, your freshman year, you got to decide which one it was that you liked the best. And whichever one you picked, you took that all the way up through your senior year. So for me, I fell in love with the the diesel side of it. So um, I guess with me liking the diesel stuff, I – Got a really, really good friendship with uh, the teacher of the diesel program. Um, Whoops. (laughs) Hold on.
0: (laughs) If you uh, can hear in the background, Antonio left his phone on not silent, (laughs) and his Snapchat went off. And uh, that's what we were just laughing at. But anyways, go on with yourself
1: um so yeah i had a really good relationship with the diesel teacher um he kind of i guess kind of took me under his wing and he was like hey you know i think you're gonna do pretty good in this stuff so uh the end of my freshman year i went ahead and chose diesel to do it so i went through all of high school all the way up to my senior year when senior year started i had a co-op program that i had to get involved with and Hmm. basically for the company that i work for now I would go to school the first half of the day in the morning and then the second half of the day I would go to work at this dealership.
0: So didn't you go to school like down south though? Or college down south? So we're still on high school right now. Yeah, right? okay, okay. So oh, so you were working yes. In high that's crazy. I yeah. didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Okay. I thought you I thought we were in college now. No, but, not oh, yet. We yeah. hadn't got there yet. Okay, okay. But uh yeah, so um, again, you
1: know senior year doing that. At the end of the senior year, graduated. Um, the service manager at the time wanted to keep me around. Um, so I went, I guess, essentially worked full-time starting off, and then they went ahead and sent me to college down south. Um, and it was going to be a two-year program. Uh, and then if you finished it out and you did everything, you got an associate's degree. So I went through it the full two years, I got an associate's degree in Damn. applied science or something like that with a major of John Deere construction equipment.
0: Huh. And so, so you go through, it's called AYF, correct? Yep. Do you get any capstones when you're doing that? Or it, you so. learn about the shit and then you got to go do your capstone classes? So. I've just. I guess. Been about I guess
1: this. during that time, it was going to be a little bit hard because I graduated in 2008, mm-hmm. and of course, that's when the economy was kind of all jacked up. Yeah. So they weren't really pushing a lot of money around at that time. Um, so for me, I was just kind of there, just kind of washing machines and stuff like that. And yeah. they weren't really putting any kind of, uh, money towards the education through
0: John Deere at the time. Hmm. I got you. Okay. So, I, yeah, cause I've always been curious about that cause I don't know nothing about that mm-hmm. side of, uh, you know, college or whatever you want to call it. So, um, I guess the AYF program
1: was through the college. So, mm-hmm. Um, there was a area that was for the John Deere side of it. They had a couple of machines there and stuff. We kind of went through the hydraulics and the electrical and stuff like that on John Deere machines. Mm. So you got your just basic stuff. Right, right. Uh-huh. So um, uh, aside from the other areas that were involved with that college.
0: And you graduated high school in Two, 2008. Shit, you make me feel old. I graduated <laughs> before you. uh anyway sorry let's not sidetrack anymore but uh go on with your your stowy (laughs) um
1: so i guess i graduated again it was a two-year program for college um i graduated from there got my associates and everything and come back and started full-time over at the deer dealership that you know i work at Mm -hmm. Um, and then I've just, I've been there ever since this year, September of
0: this year, will make 15
1: years. Damn.
0: Yeah. Damn. Damn. That's cool, man. Uh, and then where'd you go? Well, I guess you worked there, but how, how long you been in a truck and all that shit?
1: So in a truck, I'd have to say it's probably about five, maybe going on six years now. Uh, the rest of the time was in the shop.
0: And did you? Want to get in a truck before that? Or was this just kind of like, oh, I want to change it up? Actually. So I,
1: I really wanted to get into a truck because some of the guys that I first started off with mm. um, inside the shop had transferred into the field. Mm. And just kind of seeing the things that they were going through and them kind of telling me how their days were going, it was something that I was really interested in. Yeah. So I wanted to get into a truck, but at the time, I guess, you know, my experience wasn't quite there. Um, and a couple of people kind of were like, Hey, you know, we're not going to quite push you there. And I kind of thought that they were kind of holding me back. But, um, at the time, the foreman and everything, I look back on it today and I understand why he did what he did and kept me from, you know, just jumping out there. I learned so much during that time because he knew that I wanted to go into a field truck, but he also knew with what I knew at the moment, I may drowned a little bit. So he wanted to kind of hold me back there a little bit and kind of take me under his wing and teach me a few things because he's been around it for a really, really long
0: time. Hmm. See, I didn't know that. that They threw me to the wolves <laughs> yeah. when I came over there, man. <laughs> I went straight to a truck, and I didn't know shit about construction equipment. So I think just because you had that John
1: Deere background,
0: they just kind of assumed that, hey, this guy might do it. Yeah, well, and when I came in, I had to do the probation in the shop, yeah. and I was blown through shit in the shop. So they were like, okay, fine. You don't even have to do your 90 days. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah. but So that's just your story there. Or do you I mean,
1: that? again, it's not a, a wow story. I mean,
0: <laughs> I, again, I've been there
1: for, you know, 15 years. Yeah. Going on 15 years, I'm 31 years old. So Holy
0: kind of bitch. my my life has been there. Yeah. So. That's cool, though, man. I, I wish I could have done something like that straight out of high school, but. Uh, And and I think it kind
1: of goes along with kind of some of your other guys that you had on and not really uh, knowing what that side of it was like. Because like you guys said, you know, you just got kind of thrown in there and you were forced to kind of learn that stuff. For me, I was kind of, um, I guess, brought into it and taught, you know, what to do. So, you know, it it wasn't me going straight out in the wolves, you know, know, trying to fight for it. I had a lot of people behind me that were helping me out, you know, pushing me and teaching me some of those tricks that, you know, it took them a long time to learn or maybe somebody never taught them, they just had to figure out yeah. themselves.
0: Oh, I understand. That's cool though. I I uh, I could definitely appreciate all that. But uh you uh didn't really go into how you got approached or whatever back in high school and how you got into this deer dealership.
1: Um so the diesel teacher that i had he had i guess kind of a lot of sponsors involved with the program so he had like a local cat dealer john deere dealer and a couple of truck dealers and stuff that was on board with him and um he had become you know pretty pretty good friends with the service manager that you know become my service manager and he had actually already got one other person involved with this company prior to it and he kind of felt like that it may be a good place for me to be. So he was like either that or the cat dealership. And I went and talked to the people over at cat and I just kind of was like, yeah, that's not really, you know what I want to do. Cause they were like, Oh, we'll either put you, you know, an undercarriage or we'll put you in a hydraulic shop or something like that. Mm -hmm. I just, I wanted an all around, you know, kind of deal. And that's where the deer dealership come in. And, um, I had to, I guess, take a, some sort of like a placement test kind of thing. And, I had to fill it all out and basically the service manager went through it and was like okay you know he'll he might fit this you know program pretty good and i mean it, it had to do with like measurements on different things and stuff hmm. like that so yeah it wasn't just like a you know why do you want to be here kind of thing
0: four plus four is seventeen. yeah, yeah so
1: exactly okay. you
0: know and 11 and gotcha. 13 and stuff yeah. like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no that's cool uh so the i, I always thought they were like did job fairs and stuff and that's how they in were.
1: which the deer dealership does now
0: mm-hmm. um but at that
1: time that service manager had been there for so long he didn't really get involved in stuff like that it was just kind of you know who come knocking at the door and be like hey we got a program you interested and he's
0: mm-hmm. like sure why
1: not drop a few of them over here
0: that's cool man let's go uh let's talk about schooling for you uh with the aif program and has it benefited you and your job and Has it helped you out a lot? For me, um, it did just because
1: you'll have a lot of people in this profession that, you know, had like a farm background or something like that where they didn't have a choice but to help their dad or their grandpa or somebody get a a tractor up and running. So they got kind of that hands-on experience. Mm. I've been in the city all my life. (laughs) So, I mean, again, I, I got into this through high school, you know, it was just... Other than kind of doing oil changes on my car and stuff like that, um, I didn't really have much mechanic background. Mm. So, between working for this company, you know, just starting out in high school, Mm. kind of learning some of that stuff and what some of the older guys would, you know, teach me and stuff like that, to getting into the college program. Mm. For somebody who doesn't really have the background or the knowledge through the hydraulics and electrical and just the diagnostic size of that, someone who's coming in fresh, who, you know, has never touched a multimeter in their life before mm-hmm. or anything like that, you can get the basic understanding of how all that works and then the processes of how to, you know, diagnose. Yeah. So for somebody who who doesn't have that experience, for me, it it, it helped out a lot. Hmm. Um, and kind of gave me a, a, a starting point to where I am
0: now. Now, like when you're out working, I know they teach you the basics and stuff, but do you use any of that still?
1: I think when you first start off in it, um, and you, you kind of come from school and then they give you a job to do. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, I learned that. Like, let me yeah. do exactly what that is. <laughs> and you kind of realize, okay, that's not exactly like what I just did in school. But <laughs> it gave me kind of that understanding. Yeah. Um, so, to this day, I can't say that I used those original concepts that I had. Mm-hmm. I kind of took those and made them my own and kind of perfected them. So it all started from there so to say today that I still use them I don't but it's because I've perfected what I've learned.
0: Yeah. Do do you do you have any like anything in this industry, heavy equipment industry that you struggle with?
1: Hmm. Like
0: I have strong suits. I struggle sometimes. My struggle I my strong suits I can do electrical, I know hydraulics, I know all this shit. My attention span is what gets me when you're trying to read theory of operation and service advisor or trying to figure this how this circuit works or whatever I can't sit there and focus and read all this shit mm-hmm. and that's that's my weakness in all this uh for me i guess um I guess it would have to be more of like.
1: I guess the hydrostat side is where my weakness is, Mm -hmm. but
0: now you're talking under dozers or so. Yeah. Like, uh, like
1: on dozers, so like deer dozers, they Mm -hmm. use, you know, a hydrostatic transmission instead of, you know, just like what, how cat does on kind of some of their bigger stuff. Um, so I guess that's kind of where my weak area is. Um, I do like to read like theories of operations and stuff like that, and can kind of get a basic understanding of how it works, and then kind of put it towards the machine, and then get an
0: understanding of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. It's taken me a long time to realize that. Like sitting in a cab of a machine, trying to figure something out why it's not working, and realizing that I'm having to go back over shit because mm-hmm. I lose focus. Because I'm bored with fucking reading. I want to just get in there and figure this shit out.
1: Well, and that that's another good thing also is that um, for anybody who's thinking about going into school and stuff like that... Um, what you learn in school and how good you are at book smarts, mm-hmm. don't think that when you come out of school, you're just going to be this badass technician yep. because you can be completely book smart and have straight A's and get out there and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's really going to take somebody to go in and, and learn this stuff and be like, all right, I understand I'm going to get out here and I'm probably going to you know, mess up. Yeah. You know, from time to time, but it's how I take it in and learn from it
0: is what makes that technician so much better. Yeah. I get, I get approached since starting this podcast. I get approached by younger guys all the time. That sounds really bad, <laughs> but like wanting to get into this, you know, mm-hmm. like last night, um, a 14 year old kid, he's like, my brother's diesel tech. This is what I want to do. Uh, you know, I work on the farm with my parents and blah, blah, blah And I'm like, fucking stick with it, dude. Because right. that experience you're getting right there. Hell yeah. Hey, look, it, I didn't turn my phone on silent either. <laughs> I thought I did. The unprofessionalism is real in this one. <laughs> so, guys, we're going to uh, jump into how we met. Uh, we actually met in West Texas and oh, yeah. uh we're going to run down how we met and then we're going to give you the rundown of West Texas because if you don't know what West Texas is it's a whole different ball game but uh where did we meet um it was in Pecos Texas um <laughs> way out there in the Thunderdome what was it
1: Walmart? It was the Walmart parking lot. I'm I'm pretty positive that's what it was. I've never met you before, <laughs> never heard of your name before. All <laughs> I know is I got a phone call to meet some guy named Colton over at, you know, meet up with him. Here's this phone number. You guys are going to go look at a 9,000 tractor. Some guy from California. <clears throat>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, we met there, and then he's like, we just got to go out to this one location. And, dude, I'm pretty sure we drove for...
1: Ever. Yeah, because we had to go pretty much to New Mexico. And then once we got there, then we had to make a hard right and okay. then go for like an hour and a half <laughs> to go
0: like seven miles. Yeah. And I will never forget uh I was following this dude and his Kenworth and I was in a F one fifty. Kenworth T three seventy. Yeah. And there was speed bumps, and I'm guessing he didn't see the speed bump because uh, he hit the sun bitch, and the whole the whole ass into this truck came off of the ground. <laughs> shit went everywhere. Yeah, yeah, uh, I remember it. Like wheel Chalks and shit <laughs> fell out. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So this that's how we met, and uh, him and I. He did. He's done a lot more time in West Texas than I have, um, but I spent a lot of fucking time out there and uh if you don't know what west texas is it just think uh mad max
1: <laughs> Yep,
0: pretty much pretty much just just
1: desert and everybody racing to see who can make the most money
0: yeah and you know if the speed limit's 80 and you're doing 85 somebody's always got to be in front of you
1: oh and, and and 20 out there does get up to 85 and when you have a kenworth governed at 75 you're the dick because there's only two lanes <laughs> But, you know, interesting enough, you know, it's uh, some of them, uh, I think they may have been playing around, but you would run into speed limit signs like nine and three quarters and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, how in the fuck
0: am I supposed to do that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was a joke. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's desert flatland. And it just, it,
1: it's oil fields. So if you oh. ever hear anybody talk about the oil fields or back in the days, the oil fields, it's just it's just drilling rigs and trucks all over the place trying to get that oil somewhere and welders trying to go weld up pipelines fracking trucks pulling out in front of you Mm -hmm. um (laughs) yeah and somebody's got to be somewhere a lot quicker than you so when you're going down death highway and you know it's one lane going one way and one lane going the other and everybody's doing 75 somebody's going to pull around you in the opposite direction to try to go around
0: uh, and if you don't know what death highway is, that's two or two hundred five, What's the other one? Three Oh two. Three. That, okay. That's where I got yep. the Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, coming uh, out of
1: Kermit going into, into, uh, uh, Pecos and yeah. then coming out of bottom
0: of Pecos going up North. Yeah. Um, uh, what, uh, do you got, well you're not going to be doing any runs to west texas anytime soon since you're yeah since i'm a i'm currently
1: a resident um here so i I don't get to do any uh i don't get to do any uh runs out there and it kind of kind of sucks because you know that was kind of my baby um i would uh it started off as kind of a alter alternating between multiple people you know mm-hmm. one week runs and stuff like that and before you know it, i was doing two weeks three weeks you know a month a month and a half and um you know people were just getting tired of it but i was like shit I, i'll do it um and we're talking we're not talking about like a nine to five job or anything like yeah. that we're talking about getting up like super early and then possibly rolling in at 3 a.m the next morning <laughs> yeah. yeah log books <laughs> fuck those out there. Yeah, much. we we had some management down down our throats on some of that stuff like what do you mean you you need more time because you auto clocked out. <laughs> you know, it's uh it it was definitely interesting for sure a lot of long hours.
0: Yeah, I West Texas for me, you know, I was out there a lot and I got really tired and basically towards the end, I got, I told them, you know, go fuck themselves because you know, it, you'd be out there for a week and ready to go home already. Cause you're working all these hours and, uh, wait, you know, can you stay out there another day or two and go look at these other machines? And, it burns you out real quick. Oh
1: yeah, for sure. If you're not prepared for it, you definitely have to have the want to and the give a damn to to really go above and beyond. I guess you'd say because mm-hmm. if you're going out there and expecting to get eight hours a day and that's it, you're in the wrong place, man.
0: Hey, don't get me wrong. I've I've done that mm-hmm. to be a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> but uh, expectations high. Yeah. And anything else on West Texas because I'm, I'm we can change it up. I mean, it just
1: anything that you that
0: that you could think of, whether you're working on big mining equipment to
1: just you know backhoes trying to get pad sites ready. I mean, it's all out there. You meet some pretty good customers out there who really appreciate you and yeah. kind
0: of help you out in the best you can.
1: But you also have to fight them elements of dust storms and stuff like that too. Yeah. So.
0: And it gets a little scary because sometimes you're out there in the middle of fucking literally nowhere by yourself with no phone reception. Oh anything. yeah, and
1: you're talking nine ten o'clock at night in yeah. those areas with no. phone reception and you've still got like a two hour drive back to the hotel Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like it's not one of those ones where it's like well i'll just stop at the nearest hotel no no No. they're they're
0: they're booked the (laughs)
1: the newest the
0: nearest hotel is two hours away (laughs) yeah uh let's dive into dealership talk you still like working at that motherfucker i'm just kidding (laughs) no uh, (laughs) uh pluses and minuses since you're still at a dealership uh i want to hear your opinion pluses and minuses i I guess we
1: could um you know i i I get younger people who walk up to me you know that you know i work with uh, like the residency and you know even just some you know they just kind of come up to me and be like hey man do you really like your job and stuff like that and um for me coming from the dealership and everything uh if i was to tell any of the listeners who are kind of debating whether or not to you know try to get into a dealership or something like that the pluses that you're going to get out of a dealership is your resources are just you know it's unlimited Mm -hmm. um anything that you need they're going to get it to you because if they don't then they're screwed yeah so you know anything that really you know Manuals, special tooling, anything like that. If they don't have it, they're going to get it for you. They're yeah. going to get it pretty quick. If you're working at, like, mom and pop or something like that, you're going to have to wing it and be like, hey, we kind of did something like this before.
0: Let's try it. Yeah. Uh, when you say, you know, younger guys coming in, mm-hmm. dealerships actually kind of like that because then they can mold you how they want. You exactly, because <laughs>
1: – They understand if they get someone out of school or something like that. They're not coming in and they're just going to be this all-star technician. They're going to build you into the technician that they need for their team to be able to recoup as much money as they can from warranty, anything like that. So they're going to give you just – unlimited amount of training so uh, again the college that I went to they sent me there and after I was done with it over a two-year span they pretty much paid my college back too so that was kind of a plus too oh wow yeah so you know after the two years of you know going through college you work an additional two years and then they'll start giving you money back towards that school and to help take care of that so that's kind of a plus too that's
0: cool and then
1: you know and then with the, the the John Deere training and stuff yeah. like that, too. So, you know, not only are you getting just the stuff from college, but they also need you to be kind of on top of everything that's coming out or that is currently out. So they send you to the John Deere training Um machine specialties, stuff like that. Yep. So like for me, I'm pretty much, you know, certified in all the mm-hmm, John Deere mm-hmm. construction equipment machines.
0: Likewise, but they don't do me no good. Yeah, you yeah, shit now. I got fully <laughs> capstone and I can't even use the capstone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also an advanced technician on the egg side, but ooh, ooh. I don't even know if they're I've probably expired by now. Yeah. But cool. I yeah, I mean that That's pretty good. So,
1: I mean, yeah, um, I guess kind of go back to that, you know, pluses and minuses there for sure, you know, telling the younger listeners and stuff that – you know, dealership is somewhere that I do suggest because you're going to get top-notch training there, whether it's from the schooling or even you have some long-time employees. And I guess at this point, you know, 15 years into it, I'm kind of getting into that. Hey, you know, he's been here for a while. You're going to learn a few things. So you kind of get that stuff, you know, kind of out of a dealership. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's of course, you know, pluses with it. Um, I guess minuses, a minus that would be with it is from kind of what I hear, I've got buddies who are private contractors and stuff, and and you start talking numbers with them and the amount of money that they kind of pull in. You, you have to go into a dealership understanding that you're not going to make what a private contractor makes. And when I say that is because you have to understand that they're providing you a service truck. Mm -hmm. They're paying for fuel they're paying for all the specialty tooling stuff like that so they have to be able to pay for that stuff they can't pay you these you know hundred and something dollars an hour yeah. you know to run their service truck that they're paying for and everything
0: i can i can beg to differ on that one because i make pretty damn good money and i've got all that (laughs) (laughs) no no i I got you well
1: but we're talking you know on the dealership level what to kind of expect from it don't go in there with little knowledge expecting to get like top of the line money just because hey i'm a diesel technician and i went to school yeah exactly i mean that shit's great and all but you (laughs) know what can you actually do i don't i don't care if you can make an a on engines class like can you build that engine
0: did you you ever ask one of these new guys, like, do you know what a fallopian tube injectionator is? Um, I asked one of them to go get me some
1: ID10T oil.
0: <laughs> uh, and uh, he went to the service manager and I thought asked. that was a part number. Uh, well, wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. on. Uh, so kind of bouncing off of that, uh, what you were just talking about, private contractors. I still deal with this a lot. <laughs> how do you deal with constant, you might be constantly approached, but mm-hmm. how do you deal with being constantly approached by companies wanting you to come work for them? It's very tempting because, you know, again,
1: I guess I'm a resident right now, so mm-hmm. I don't deal with it as much. Um, but prior to it, you'd, run into customers who you do a really good job for and they really like the work that you are and they'd much rather just pay you instead of having to go through the dealership because we all know dealerships are high priced yeah um so you have to understand that there's there's kind of a fine line there too because if you start talking to a customer about some stuff like that if it if it kind of goes any further than that, then it's going to make it look like you're actively searching yeah. to get out of a dealership and you don't, you don't want that to happen. So, um, it's going to be kind of what you want to do. Um, it's not saying that one day you're not going to go into that. It's just right now. Is it worth leaving that dealership and going and working for those customers right now? Or are you going to be able to, you know, do well in that? So, yeah, you know, it's, it, it's, Getting approached by it, it's very tempting because you know what kind of money is left on the table that could potentially be yours yeah. in comparison to a dealership is the one that's sending you and kind of collecting that that ticket.
0: Yeah, and I'm kind of a perfect example of that. You know, I thought the grass might be greener on the other side and it was dead and then muddy and then now it's fucking bright green. But, uh, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about there. Mm-hmm. Uh and I, I paid for it, you know. I yeah. regretted my decision at first, but I'm kind of, kind of happy to be out of the dealership. But
1: uh, so the dealership, huh? The, the,
0: did I, did the, I say dealership?
1: I'm pretty sure dealership.
0: Uh, well, sometimes <laughs> that's how I feel about it,
1: <laughs> man. He, even, um, even in the residency that I'm at right now, um, it, it's kind of. It, it's been kind of a joke, but like my direct manager uh, has heard the, the equipment manager on where I'm at say, you know, I'm trying to buy him a service truck to get him here. I want him here. <laughs> so they're like, they think it's like a joke and it's all joking and everything. But it that's also one of those things where it's like kind of that pressure that you receive is mm-hmm. if at any point you get unhappy with where you're at, and you have somebody right there saying that they want to buy you a service truck there and get you on. It's like, why should I have to put up with this when I've got somebody that would love to have me on their crew?
0: Yeah, no, I I hear that. And, uh, you probably got really good work ethic and Mm -hmm. they see that. Yeah. And, uh, no, I understand, man, but, um, I guess bouncing off of that now, um, we, you and I both know a lot of private guys. Um, and I'm sure they've approached you like they've done to me and they want you or I to make the jump and go out on our own. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, having to hold off on that or, you know, not wanting to do it. How do you, how do you feel about that pressure? It's definitely hard because, you know, you, again, you know, I've, I've got several
1: friends who, you know, have either come from dealerships mm-hmm. or something like that and just kind of like, hey, you know, I want to run my own service truck. And because they've done it and they know, you know, kind of my work ethic and everything, they're like, hey, you know, you'd be you'd be badass. I'd love to team up with you mm-hmm. and, you know, let us let's kind of go in on this. And it, it's, it's hard because, you know, I, I work for a dealership. It's got its pluses. I'm happy where I'm at. Yeah. Um, but there's also always that that part in the back of your head where you're like, you know, I kind of want to run my own business one day. Yeah. And, and that's because this is what I do for a living. That's kind of a good, you know, shot there. But you have to kind of weigh out, you know. If I do that, I'm gonna lose the stuff from the dealership side of it, and then you don't know the you know what's gonna happen down the line. Exactly. You, you're, there's not the same guarantee that you have at a dealership, yeah. so it's definitely very tempting. Friends who care about you and they're like, "Man, you know, I got your back. I'll make sure you're busy." Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. It's like you know, if it ever come down to it, and that was something that I'd want to do. Of course, I have that stuff. You know behind me and everything it's just trying to weigh out the pros and cons on that um so the pressure's kind of there but then it's all based off of me you know
0: yeah and uh i kind of lost my train of thought but i you being at the dealership for this long you know i'm sure there's room for growth Mm -hmm. within the company um do you want to do anything different at the company, like maybe service manager or something like that?
1: For me, I, I'm not tired of my job right yeah. now. So it's kind of hard to look and be like, Hey, you know, if I, if I'm here, you know, 10, 15 years from now, where do I see myself? I mean, as of right now, I see myself still running a service truck. Yeah. Um, I guess if it ever come down to it, um, I could kind of see myself being maybe like a, uh, a shop foreman, mm-hmm. um, Again, a lot of guys kind of, you know, come to me and be like, hey, man, you know, I feel real comfortable talking to you, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the problem that I got going on, you know, what what, what do you think, and I feel like I'm kind of one of those guys that are easy to talk to, and I'm not going to give you bullshit, you know, responses just to kind of baby your ass, it's like, hey, I'm going to tell you like this, because that's what you need to hear, you know, that's what's, you know, where it's going to get you where you need to go. So I could kind of see myself being a foreman and and maybe one day a service manager, but I really don't like the desk jobs. (laughs) And I guess for me also is I've seen a lot of people come and go, Mm -hmm. and I've seen a lot of people come into certain positions and they'd be the happiest people you've ever seen in your life. But right there toward the end, when they leave, they're some of the most miserable people I've ever seen. And I don't want to become that person because a lot of people have known me for who I am and kind of that, you know, just kind of that spark to, you know, get people laughing or bring people up if they're feeling down. I don't ever want to get to the point where, like, that guy's an asshole.
0: <laughs> That's pretty good, man. And uh, I, I completely agree with you, man. I couldn't be in an office job because I would turn into a, a bigger asshole than I already am. <laughs> um, I. I wouldn't mind being shot shop or something mm-hmm. um, if I was still at a dealership. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, stir crazy. We're, yeah, our phones are getting blown up around here.
1: I'm not important, so I don't know why. <laughs> hey, can I have one of these stickers?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm not a dad, but can I have the dad bod sticker? I got the bod, just not the dad.
0: Get them certified <laughs> wrench podcast stickers so don't get mad at me uh <laughs> <laughs> this has always been something i've observed about you because you know you're you're like you were saying earlier uh when people think field technicians you know your work boots your hillbilly mm, um, country music it, wranglers and
1: pitch of snuff in your cheek yeah <laughs>
0: You, uh, Culber. you come off like when you're outside of work and you're dressed in your normal clothes. You, you look like you belong on a DJ Khaled album. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess it's, it's kind of, uh, uh,
1: Different styles, man. Because again, it's just kind of that assumption. You know, maybe somebody who doesn't know anything about this is just listen to a podcast and you hear all these guys and be like, "Man, I bet these are a bunch of just a whole bunch of hillbillies." <laughs> and it's just like, no, it, you know, me, I grew up, you know, '90s, early 2000s, so that was a big time deal for hip hop and stuff like that. And of mm-hmm. course, you know, even then, you know wearing jinko jeans and stuff like that from back in the day Uh, and then me being hispanic as well you know nike cortez stuff like that you know of course yeah so it's um for me you know you see me you, you listen to me and you you understand what i'm doing I probably don't look like that 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 guy who's you know that hillbilly whatever you know i'm i most of the time got on a flat bill hat you mm-hmm. know i love dallas cowboys so everything i usually wear is dallas cowboys and you know the colors and stuff like that not mm-hmm. something that most you know diesel mechanics wear
0: let's uh bounce off of that right there mm-hmm. so what bitch. was your first car <laughs> my first car um is so, it is this the one i'm thinking the white
1: one um no it's not um so the first car that i had i actually still have and it's an el camino uh, (laughs) that that one hopefully one day can get continue restoring that one but i guess to start off with was a 98 pontiac bonnieville that's what it was it was a green turd um it got me where i needed to go until it didn't no that, i guess that's not the one else. no what's the white one so the-, the white one was a 97 vehicle sabre <laughs> on 22s <laughs> with a system in the trunk You know, going to going to tech school diesel school um you know <laughs> just kind of uh I, I don't know if any of you guys ever know like back in the days you know those times um You would kind of hear kind of the shitheads out on the street that were kind of blaring the music on the outside of the Mm -hmm. car. You could hear it through like a megaphone. That was kind of one of those shitheads. (laughs) Um, Funny thing with that, though, is going to college, I also listened to all genres. So I would be in college coming on campus with a bullhorn blowing, you know, country music out of it, rock music out of it, (laughs) rap music, and just system just banging.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just, uh, that's, I always remember that car because you showed me and it, big old ass rims on this. Yeah, those.
1: white vehicle saber, the 22s system had a blue rag top on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn,
0: homie. Yeah, that was my shit. <laughs> the, the higher the socks, the downer the fool. The downer the fool, fool. It's <laughs> <That's> great. <Yeah. laughs> so I, uh, I kind of want to, jump back out of memory lane there and go back to a little bit of dealership talk. Uh, with you being at the dealer for so long, you've seen a lot of changes. <laughs> uh, can you kind of go into if your opinion, I guess, on if it's been good changes over the years or bad changes and how it is now? Mm -hmm. I guess is the best way to put it. Okay. So as
1: far as saying
0: good changes or bad
1: changes, um, again, because I have been there so long, I've seen this company at a, at a certain point Mm -hmm. of when I first started up to the point where I'm at now. And over a 15 year stretch, most people, you you have to understand that there's going to be growth. And it Mm -hmm. may not always be the growth that you like, Mm -hmm. because whenever I started in it, the main founder of the company was still involved heavily in the company. Mm -hmm. So it was nothing for, you know, one time to be like, hey, everybody's meeting in the parts warehouse because the main guy is coming down and he wants to talk to everybody and he shows up in some overalls and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. he's like... I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen you. I know your face. I don't know your name. (laughs) Don't take it, you know. Don't take it any kind of way. Just understand, like, there's a lot of you guys. To now, he's kind of stepped back. Um, Some other people have taken over. Some different people have come in and kind of changed the atmosphere on that. So, it's not the company it once was, but it's not saying that it's a bad company. The changes that I've seen... It's a little bit different from what I'm used to, so it's kind of, I guess, disappointing in some ways, um, just because I know what it used to be. Yeah. Um, But again, you have to kind of push that aside a little bit just to understand that we're in a different age now. We're in a different time to where things are going to run a certain type of way, and you just, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to accept it, so I, I can't say that. It's going in a bad direction, but I've seen a direction that it's kind of iffy for me on how I say whether I like it or dislike it.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I I talked about in the first episode that when I left, obviously they let my wife go, and my wife was your boss. Yeah, yeah, funny thing, yeah, for sure. And I know that affected... Some of her technicians quite poorly. Um, and I don't know how y'all feel about it now. I'm sure you've moved on. It's just another fucking manager. It's, it
1: affected us because, you know, a lot of us, we, we had her for our manager for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And in these positions, you know, you kind of think of a manager as that. Kind of that dick mm-hmm. that like he just they just run me and that's that. With her, she wanted to be involved with the technicians, make sure they were taken care of, and because she was a woman in this industry, mm-hmm. she kind of took over, kind of that motherly kind of feel, yeah. and she always made sure her boys were good. So when she left, it's been kind of rocky ever since that because it's been unstable on who our management is. We haven't had a manager since her that has been there for a long period of time. So it's been really rocky. We miss her because of who she was and how motherly she was, but also she's a fighter when it comes to getting money on your tickets Mm -hmm. and making sure that you as the technician are completely taken care of. She's going to fight for everything to make sure nothing bad comes to you. Yeah. And you just, you don't find that a lot.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it was quite devastating, to be honest with you. Mm. But it's what it is, man. But she's doing great now, so yeah. uh, I'm happy to see her happy. <laughs> yeah, I, <clears throat> I've I've always wanted to talk to at least one of you guys about that situation and how it affected, you know, you guys as mm-hmm. technicians, but... Uh, I, I don't think we've found a replacement since. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> back and forth and...
1: No, I, it's nothing against it the people that we've had, you know, come into place and in place now, mm-hmm. but those are some shoes that you have to feel, man. And whenever I found out she was going to be my boss, I was like, oh, I didn't want to be that stereotypical <laughs> kind of guy who's like, oh shit, a woman that who's coming into this <laughs> thing, she's going to tell me what to do. I'm very open-minded, but I was also like, okay, so how is she going to be able to relate to this? And again, this is kind of knowing that, you know, she was with you and everything, so... She kind of had a little bit of a different background on that, and then kind of growing that relationship of you know having each other's backs, mm-hmm. she was a great person she 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 really did good on on that stuff, and we definitely really miss her so those are some <laughs> those are some big shoes to fill for sure
0: yeah i I plan on getting her on here mm-hmm. like as a full episode just about her and oh God how she <laughs> <laughs> Try living with her,
1: man. <laughs> no, it's just the stories that may come out about us. Oh,
0: yeah, well, that too. But my name's Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I because the way she got into the industry is kind of crazy to me. And you know, we're I'm not going to tell the goddamn story, but yeah, what she went to school for versus what she's doing now is mm-hmm. like what, how, why, how, yeah. you know? So it's pretty crazy. Um. So on the Certified Wrench Podcast Instagram. I, every so often, I put on a thing uh, asking the guys on there because it grows so much. I want to get everybody's opinion. And I always ask for discussion topics or blah, blah, blah. And quite a few guys came through. Um, this guy, uh, he, he said, he gave us a couple things like, uh, his name's Colton Lara. I like your name. Um, <laughs> tooling he, he here's was his his things the majiggers. Uh, tooling required oddball tools that have come in handy and uh, obtaining a CDL. The one thing I want to jump into on that one is obtaining a CDL. It's a bitch. It's a pain in the ass,
1: especially if you've never done it before. If you've never driven anything like that before and they're like, hey, you want to be a field tech? You need to have a CDL.
0: Well, and if you're like me, I get nervous at that shit. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm going to have high blood pressure when I go in there to do my shit. So, then they only give me a, co- a temporary card or a one-year card because they tell me I need to go get on high blood pressure medication. And then when you go to the doctor, you don't have high blood pressure. What the fuck? But... I'm back to a 2 year now because mm-hmm. I met a guy and he was referred to me and blah blah blah. Anyways,
1: sleep apnea is a thing too. I have, <laughs> I have that, so I get a 1 year card. Oh
0: no shit. Yeah, that sucks I balls. didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, obtaining a CDL can be a fucking pain in the ass sometimes. I don't even need it now, but I keep it because it's such a pain in the ass to get. Mhm. Uh I would would yeah and it costs lots of money. For for me, I guess my look on it,
1: um when it comes to the cost, if you're going to work for a dealership again, mm-hmm. they need you out there in that truck. So most of the time they're probably gonna pay for that stuff to be able to get it. So that's kind of a plus too, is you know, they can get your CDL. Um me personally, if I was going somewhere and I didn't need a CDL and I didn't plan on doing it, I'd probably drop it just because I don't want it anymore. Um, But
0: it's such a pain in the ass to get nowadays.
1: Yeah, but if I don't have it, then it's like, I'm not going to go be a truck driver (laughs) because I don't want to have to go through that again.
0: But again, if you have it,
1: that kind of leaves opportunities for if things go south on what you're doing, it kind of gives you a fallback plan too.
0: Exactly. I mean, economy crashes, you Mm -hmm. still need truck drivers, but whatever Um, yeah uh, has like i got a ticket with my cdl Mm. and i was expecting it to be like five thousand dollars or whatever because they always tell you if you got a cdl and you get a infraction or anything like that it may be super expensive but yeah and you also have to
1: understand you know typically like if you get a speeding ticket and you have just a regular driver's license you can go and do defensive driving or Mm -hmm. something you can't do that with a cdl yeah
0: but i mean that 10 mile an hour over was only like 200 bucks so i was like whatever i'll pay it and then point's gone well
1: with then a cdl you gotta you gotta know about your point system too is if Mm -hmm. you're you're constantly getting pulled over for speeding that shit's gonna add up and yeah it can end up screwing you over, and you end up losing your job because of it.
0: Yeah, so, I'm a good boy now, though. But yeah, well, you?
1: we've all had a, kind of those experiences. You know, I was, <clears throat> I actually had a a guy riding with me one time, and we had just got finished working, and the job site that I pulled out of went out of the job site and went straight downhill, mm-hmm. and I never seen a speed limit sign. Well, apparently, at the end of that that downhill portion, there was a cop that was sitting there radar. I didn't know what the speed limit was. I didn't feel like I was speeding, but he pulled me over and said that I was speeding. Well, I had take off. I had taken off my prescription safety glasses, and I didn't put on my regular glasses because I hadn't gotten any sunglasses that were prescription. So I had just regular dark glasses on. And oh. when he pulled me over, he looked at my license and he seen where I needed. You know glasses. He said, well, where's your, where's your glasses? And I said, well, they're down here in the, the, the bottom of the deal. You know, I just took them off. He's like, so they fell down there. I was like, no, they're down here. He's like, okay. Okay. He's like, go ahead and get those out for me. I'm going to run back to the car. It's like, all right. So he comes back and I show him the glasses. I'm like, Hey, here's my glasses. He's like, Oh yeah, that's great, man. You know, uh, here's an infraction for, you know, speeding as well as not wearing your, your, you know, your prescription glasses. Well, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I went ahead and got an attorney and, you know, he was pretty good. And he got my speeding ticket thrown out. Why? Because I wasn't wearing my glasses. So I couldn't see the speeding sign (laughs) uh, or the speed limit sign. And he got the speed, the glasses one thrown out because he wouldn't accept the fact that I was presenting my, my prescription glasses. So I kind of got away on that
0: one. That's that's good. I wasn't even going to fight mine. because I was guilty.
1: <laughs> uh, and well, and just like, you know, working for the dealership, there's your CDL has a point system, but also the dealership I work for has a point system themselves. Mm-hmm. And just in those two tickets, it would have put me like within like three to five points away from them pulling me out of a truck for a period of time. Yeah. So, I was like, I don't want to take that chance
0: because, you know, shit
1: happens. So, that's why I kind of fought it just to try to cut that down.
0: Huh. Yeah. I, it's it's a pain. Uh, I As much as I don't want to get into this because I guess I don't understand <laughs> why everybody wants to know this stuff. Uh-oh. Tooling. And I I belong to or belong to I'm I'm
1: following several uh several things on Facebook like little groups and stuff like that and mm-hmm. there there'd be all that all kinds of times where you know younger kids who are thinking about you know getting into this industry they're like hey you know I'm you know 13 14 years old looking at starting to you know kind of build up you know tooling and stuff like what chrome sockets do you think I should get. And it's like, well, if you're, yeah. you're coming into this profession, you have to understand everything has, has a place. And uh, the, uh, the, um, the tooling, it's, it's like it never stops. Um, you're going to have your special tooling, and then you're going to have the tooling that you need that just because you worked on cars for a living doesn't mean that you have everything you need to work on heavy
0: equipment. Yeah, I I can get that, you know, your basic tooling. Mm -hmm. But these guys are asking, like, uh, unique tooling. Unique Mm tooling. And when I think unique tooling, I think this, what I got in my hand right here, that I built out in the field out of a piece of fucking quarter-inch plate (laughs) and a square nut that fit my steering wheel puller because... I uh, I was on a, a loader, a 644K, I think, and it broke the engine drive line to the transmission, and it fucked up the yoke. Ah, gotcha. So I made this because that yoke's pressed on. And this is what I think of when... <laughs> as far
1: as in unique tooling. Yeah, and... I, I guess I'll, that would be homemade I, tooling.
0: I guess I could take a picture of this and post it on the Instagram and stuff so you guys can see what I'm talking about. But it's literally... I cut it out with a torch. It looks like shit, but it worked. And that's what, when I, that's what I think of unique tooling.
1: Yeah. I mean, cause of course there's all kinds of tools out there, but you're going to run into those situations where it's like, you can't get on the snap on truck and buy a tool. That's going to do that. Like you're probably going to have to make it. And if you don't, if you don't make that that tool, and it takes you thirty minutes to do something with that mm-hmm. tool you just made, you're talking hours of pulling a cab and all kinds yeah. of shit around it just to do the same job. So you kind of got to think outside the box <coughs> sometimes when it comes to, I guess, special tooling, and just kind of assess what you're what you got going on, and be like, well, if I had a little piece of plate with some holes in it, I could probably knock that shit out.
0: Yeah, um, but. I guess going back to what you were just talking about, you know, get getting started. I get this asked all the time as well. You know, what do I need? Uh, it depends on what you're going to be working on.
1: Well, if you follow anything these days, it's Milwaukee or nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah fucking Milwaukee. Yeah,
0: fuck. Um, <laughs> um, and just like I was a guest on uh, another podcast, Sweat and Grime, a couple weeks ago or whatever, and I kind of just told him, You can go on Amazon now, and there's a gear so dangerous gear wrench set. You know, (laughs) ratchets, full chromes, metric and standard, and wrenches for two hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, yes, at six and twelve point, with six and twelve point. Yeah, for two hundred fifty bucks, and that's three eighths. I mean, you can get by with that pretty easily it
1: also depends on who you ask to as far as and you know what kind of special tool am i need if you're gonna ask somebody who's 60 years old that's been in it for 30 40 years when they first started out they didn't have amazon as an option they didn't have all these off-brand tools and stuff that have gotten a lot better over the years
0: so all they had
1: was a snap-on and stuff like that
0: yeah and uh, the best I, advice I could give to a younger guy is don't go run into the snap-on truck truck thinking. It's you need so that
1: shit. tempting. It's very tempting and yeah. everything's so pretty, but understand just starting off all that stuff that's on the snap-on truck and Mac code truck and Mac truck and all that stuff. Somebody somewhere makes a cheaper version of it. Uh-huh. It may be worth you because Starting off, you're going to be tight on cash for it unless yeah. you just got buku's of money that mommy throws at you. <laughs> Not everybody's fortunate like that. If you do, I mean, shit, deal with it. Get it. Um, <laughs> but get that cheaper stuff first. And then as you use it and you understand what you're going to use the most, you're going to understand its limits. And, okay, maybe I do need something that's a little more top of the line yeah. on this particular thing. Yeah. It just, there's so many options out here now, you don't have to go into a shit ton of debt yeah. just to get started.
0: And I wouldn't recommend it. I did that when I was 18 years old and put $5,000, you know, because I didn't have credit thinking this was going to help me build my credit. It was a big, huge mistake. And understand $5,000 doesn't go very far on a Snap-on yeah. truck. And <laughs> the interest on top of that, yeah, is insane. So...
1: I've seen a lot of people buy expensive ass toolboxes ten and fifteen thousand dollars and no tools to
0: put in it too. Yeah.
1: It's probably not the wisest decision to make right off.
0: I, I, I like craftsman. Yeah. Know. Um I I've got snap on stuff, but it's you know, my little gun or <laughs> wobbly socket stuff that I know is gonna take abuse. But like when it comes to chrome sockets and stuff, all gear wrench. Mm-hmm. My ra- my wrench is a gear wrench, mm-hmm. my ratchets are snap on. Because, you know, I don't want to fall off the top of a machine t- trying to break loose a bolt. <laughs> I trust Snap-on more than most other ratchets. I run gear
1: wrench ratchets. I have a couple too, but uh, I like push. them a lot. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, that. So I, I really don't know what they want from me when it comes to tooling. I'm gonna. I'm trying to uh, the best I can, but.
1: Uh, electric tooling is is absolutely wonderful nowadays yeah. um you know maybe 15 years ago whenever you were like a battery powered impact hell no <laughs> um that it's definitely worth investing in because they'll be your best friends but also don't be that guy that's like oh electric only or nothing understand that air powered tools have their place mm-hmm. Especially in the larger stuff. Yeah, there's one-inch impacts and stuff out there electric, but if you're doing a lot of heavy hitting for long periods of time, you're going to destroy it. So a one-inch air impact is going to do some good.
0: I don't have Milwaukee stuff.
1: (laughs) Uh, I got some in my car, uh, but, man, honestly, I run mainly dewalt but that's because i was i I was invested in it so i wasn't gonna be like well shit i just want to be a milwaukee guy and i'm gonna restart over and buy all this shit (laughs) it's done it's done great for what i've needed and then my three eight stuff is snap-on so i mean it just it's all over the place
0: yeah and i uh i run the dewalt stuff as well but um i also have snap-on electric stuff too yeah but
1: i abuse it I do too. So got something in the shop for repair now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, getting away from air and electric t- power tools.
1: Uh, Going from air to electric. No, or?
0: just getting away from you know Milwaukee and stuff. <laughs> Let's talk about other uh, like special tools. I mean, everybody knows what the power probe is. I'm, I'm assuming. I hope. Um,
1: if you don't, you don't know any. about it don't buy one and just use it on everything because you're going to cause a lot
0: of damage well that and a test light yeah Uh, Yeah. i've seen guys stick test lights in five volt circuits on an ecu and fucking fry the ecu yeah you can do the same thing with a power probe i also have the uh me and my buddy kyle talked about this in the last episode the power probe uh i forget what it's called but it's like a wire sniffer Mm -hmm. it sends the oh yeah 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 certain voltage through the wire and you run this thing along the harness and whatever blah blah blah. that's a great tool to have probably don't use it that often but it's there again it's
1: understanding how to use it though yeah so you know you can if you don't read the manual on how to use it or something like that how most people do fuck that manual I don't need it Mm -hmm. Uh, when it comes to special tools like that because if you got an ECU or something plugged up and you take a power probe and put it on a circuit and then you back feed it into that controller you're gonna create a lot of issues yeah
0: uh and that kind of reminded me of a tool that i have i don't use it very often but and i hate stringing it out every time is the john deere diagnostic test box (laughs) um man i i actually I,
1: i enjoy it just because it's It's done me a lot of good. A lot of people don't like it because they're like, oh, that's just shit. You just do it the old-fashioned way. But there's, if you read through Service Advisor and understand what it is they're asking you to do, you can do a lot with it.
0: Yeah, no, I love it, but I hate stringing it out and fucking all that. But it's a great tool. And, I mean, if you're trying to find – it helps me find, you know – a wire that's rubbed through, you know, and you got three strands left and that's why, <laughs> you know,
1: well, that, and, uh, being able to essentially, I guess in a way, say put a load on a circuit mm-hmm. cause you can put your meter on it. And if you have a couple of strands of wire, yeah, you've got continuity or you can see some voltage, but that's potential voltage. Yeah. So If you're able to put that on there, it kind of puts that load on it, and then you can
0: watch that drop off, and you're like, okay, I legit have an issue here. Yeah, it isolates it there. Um, You know, I've got a shit ton of hydraulic stuff for testing. Uh, I, I could go on and on for days. My favorite tool that I have, and it's not mine, is my service truck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I mean I,
0: it's it's your toolbox on wheels with an extra arm. And yeah, I we've got that crane. Um I talked about this fella in the last episode. His name's Zeth Key. He's got a YouTube channel um called ZK Master Tech and he's got a F three fifty, I think, mm-hmm. gas engine. It reminds me of a mower truck. It's like the truck I had when I was at the Ag <laughs> dealership. Yeah. No crane, nothing, and this guy's out working on large ag equipment without a crane and stuff. I'm like, dude, how do you freaking do this shit? And he does it, but when he's working in the shop, he's got a forklift with a... Attachment, and that's how he's lifting stuff. I'm like
1: man, man, that's also another
0: thing. If I
1: can tell, kind of some of the audience, especially the younger guys, you're gonna get the pressure of oh, be a man, you know, man up and pick that heavy shit up, Fuck you know, no. put your back into it, kind of thing. If you've got a crane there. You're not going to look like a big pussy by lifting Heck up no. that shit with a crane. It, it, in the end, when you get older, it's going to save your body. Hell yeah. I You're going to be able to play with your kids and everything. You know, and, and tell you, let's okay play with your kids in the front yard you know we're we're not trying (laughs) to do weird shit like
0: that Um, take advantage of the crane because it's going to save you in the long run yeah exactly in your back because i man i've got back issues and shoulder issues oh
1: and the kids jumping off of excavator tracks from the tracks to the ground Uh, it doesn't seem like shit now (laughs) um but when you do that over and over again it's going to tear your back up so just don't do dumb shit wear gloves yeah brake cleaner is not a good hand cleaner
0: <laughs> <laughs> i did not expect that but no that's that's very good um another uh i kind of lost my train of thought one of my favorite tools um a flashlight oh man <laughs> and you can never have enough of them yeah Uh, Between the magnetic
1: ones and the brightness of them and (laughs) and just the ones that can fit in certain areas, magnetic ones are dangerous because you'll leave
0: them. I may sound like a fucking smartass, but no joke, I use the fuck out of my flashlight. Oh, yeah. and uh, Fuck, yeah. You know what I really need to get is one of them goddamn headlamps.
1: Man, I actually just bought one off of Amazon the other day, <laughs> and it was the weirdest thing. I seen it come across Facebook, and it was one that had like this LED strip mm-hmm. that was on it. And I was like, well, that's different. And I was like, but man, that thing's expensive. And of course, Amazon's just got... In all shapes and sizes everything <laughs> so i bought one and it was pretty cheap man and it's just a single led bar and you put it on you get up inside the belly pan of a dozer or something and it just lights up absolutely everything and that's it's not in your hands so both of your hands are free now so oh,
0: cool well that was rad but i'm kind of bored with tool talk uh, I'm, I'm I'm assuming this is going to have to be a quote-unquote segment yeah on no every shit. fucking episode we're gonna we to have talk about tools yeah um there's a lot <laughs> I, uh, I mean i'm probably forgetting about a bunch of them but um i i w- we should change it up a little bit yeah. now um is there anything you want to talk about because mm-hmm. we're we're at an hour now a little over an hour you're tired of me, I get out? No, no, it's I, fine. I can talk about shit all day, but I just didn't know if there's anything you wanted to discuss. I'm not into that kind of thing, <laughs> shit talk. Um,
1: man, no, I guess not. I mean...
0: uh, oh, I got a good one for you. Uh, I think this is going to be a topic in every episode, but, um, a big, uh, topic for me is avoiding burnout. Mm-hmm. Uh i don't know if you get burned out as much now with your residency but how how do you as a field technician avoid getting burnt out from time to time
1: well i've definitely been putting to them situations man between you know going back to west texas and even kind of one of the bigger customers that we had that you know out till three o'clock in the morning you know working on stuff there's gonna come a point where you know, energy drinks and stuff like that can only go so far. Your body, body's going to start saying, hey, bitch, I, I need a break. <laughs> and listen to it and understand that when you start getting fatigue like that, you're going to make dumb choices yeah. and you're going to kind of lose focus of what you're doing. So that job is not worth you getting hurt or dying. So kind of like, you know, in one of your last ones, just say no, like I can't. I can't keep going like this because I'm going to do more harm than good. So have I been to that point? Yeah, most definitely, especially out West Texas, you know, 15, 18 hour days, plus all the driving that comes with it, man, you got to be real careful with that. Um, It's okay to have a lot of drive, but just don't, don't, don't push yourself to the point where you're going to get hurt or get somebody hurt. Yeah,
0: that's perfect, man. Um, What about, uh, I like to steal this line from the sweat and grime guys, but, uh, if you, if you could do it all over again, what would be your dream job? My dream job? Yeah. And if it's this, then it's this, but. Well, again, you know, I never
1: intended to be here. Um, again, it was my first choice was off the, off the. The boards there, it was mm-hmm. all f- filled up. So this was my second choice. Um, growing up, man, I, I was big time into football. All mm-hmm. I ever did was play football, and that's thats where my love was. Yeah. Um, it come to a point in high school to where I had to make that choice. It's keep playing football or, hey, that's probably not going to work out. You need to figure out a damn job. Mm-hmm. And, and I was kind of left with that choice, my love of football or you know, get into this diesel stuff and make something out of it. And obviously, you know, I took the, the diesel route to it. So as far as dream job, man, um, if I had to do it all over again, knowing what I know now, um, I'm kind of happy where I'm at. Um, I, I do really enjoy this. Um, unfortunately I don't see myself doing something else you know football would have only gone so far so that wasn't really a job so
0: you mean you don't want to be on that dj Khaled album oh, no man <laughs>
1: no, no 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 man maybe hit it up with tupac or oh, something Okay. Word. I don't, I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> right on that's cool man i i totally get it for sure uh my dream job was to be an electrician an electric yeah. i mean i guess in a way
1: you kind of are
0: well, yeah, but <laughs> no, I, I, at like 15, I got a work permit. My neighbor was an electrician where I grew up, and he was going to take me on. It was like 15 or 16, I can't remember, and I got a work permit for, through school, and I was stoked because I was going to be his gopher, man, and he was going to teach me. And just as I was getting at that age, the economy started crashing or whatever, you know, and so he's like, I can't take you on, and that was kind of crushing, but here I am. Yeah, that's fine i mean
1: you've you've met a lot of people in the process you've seen a lot of things so you have to kind of sit back and i I guess in a way that's not kind of a fair question in a way Mm -hmm. just because it's like would you give up everything that you have everything everyone that you've met and everything that you've learned just to go back and do something else yeah you know it's it's i don't think i could give up everybody that i met like i wouldn't be here you know if i wasn't in the position that i was at i would have never met you you know be on this motherfucking podcast exactly you would have never had this podcast
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah cool man i appreciate that but uh, man i think uh i think it's time to wrap this thing up um do you got any advice or anything for the guys out there listening I guess, you know, if you've kind of been on the
1: fence on, you know, looking at going to a dealership or something like that, just take it from a guy who's been there for 15 years. Everything's going to have its pluses and minuses. Everything's going to have it's good times. It's bad times. Um, If you really want to get a good start with the least amount of unknown, a dealership's going to be good for you. Mm -hmm. Kind of that guarantee of hours and stuff like that. So, Don't be afraid to go to work at a dealership because you hear a lot of people saying dealerships are shit and stuff like that. It's different to everybody. Um, So what may have been bad for them may be fantastic for you. Um, Don't go into it, especially if you're a younger guy pretending like you know everything, go into it with the mindset that I don't know shit and I need to learn all that I can listen to those those older guys who have been in it for a while, they have tricks of this trade that you won't learn in school. Mm-hmm. Um, take that in, learn from it, use it, perfect it, you know, do what you can to to make your job just that much easier, and I guess on the dealership level make you look that much more of a badass as well mm-hmm. um, there's you're never going to peek out at learning things, yeah. Uh, there's something to learn all the time every day always keep your mind open to it uh go into it with a clear head listen to it all absorb it all and um and just do your thing and and do the best you can at it man um it's it's just something that's going to keep going forever and ever man you know we're always going to need mechanics and stuff and need good ones so go with the times Stay up with the times. Don't be those guys who are left behind that, hey, you know, I'm not good with laptops and stuff like that. You're going to have to be if you're going to continue to do this. So (laughs) any of the new technology that's coming out, be open-minded to it. Accept it. Embrace it. And just roll with it. And you're going to be the best thing you can be for those people.
0: Well said, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm going to wrap this thing up. I asked everybody... Uh, on the Instagram if they wanted me to do a Q&A. Um, and I've only gotten a couple people that sent me some questions, so if you got questions, send them over. Uh, you can send them over on the Instagram page, or you can email me. Um, my email is certifiedwrenchpodcast at gmail.com. The Instagram is certifiedwrench underscore podcast. Uh, if you need to get a hold of me any other way, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we're gonna close this thing out. Buddha, do you want to say bye?
1: Toodles. <laughs> uh, if you want anything else from me? Just let him know. I mean, I'm not. I yeah, don't th- I don't yeah, think you're uh I don't think you think I'm a badass or anything. But if there's <laughs> something that I can help you out with and clear clarify something, you know, hit him up, let him know. And
0: yeah, know. do you? Uh, if you don't mind, do you want to give your uh, well, I'm going to tag you in a post on the Instagram. Yeah, we, we um, can just kind of do that there. Okay. Yeah, if you guys need to get a hold of uh, Antonio, he's well-experienced technician. I've called him quite a few times on some issues. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to close this thing out. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, until next time, later. Peace out.